Hey y'all, Uma here. Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to say thank you for tuning in again. Love the support that we've been getting lately. We're trying some new ideas out here at the podcast, and if you like what we're doing, have some suggestions or whatever, please comment on the SoundCloud, the Facebook posts, the BTF posts, wherever you see the podcast. The best way to help is leaving a review on iTunes and sharing the Facebook posts. It makes it much easier for anybody else to actually find the podcast. Now, today's podcast is a little different. We're going to be discussing the results of May Law 2018 with the judges and get their perspective, why they placed teams where they did, and give y'all the insight into the judging process. This is something I really hope y'all enjoy because when first creating the podcast, this is something I always want to do, and we're finally actually able to get to do it. Again, if y'all like what you're hearing, hit the follow on SoundCloud, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, share the post on Facebook, and spread the word. We read every single comment and email and every message that y'all send to us and we're trying to change based off the comments. Anyways, let's get into it. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Bangra Podcast. Today we're talking about Mela 2018. The the competition occurred a few weekends ago, and we're sitting down with Varunaka and Sid Bandit, two of the two of the three judges that judged Mela this year. So we're here to discuss the judging, the the creation of the rubric, how judging happened and went down, and why each judge decided to judge the way they did. So, um, you two want to introduce yourselves? Yeah. So my name is Van Rucka. I've been, you know, dancing since 2006. I had the pleasure of judging Mila. I'm excited about this podcast. My first time up in here. Uh, I know Sid and a couple of his boys are not to be. He's been doing a great job kind of, you know, bringing this, I guess, tool to the scene and especially in the East side. And, you know, thank you for having me on here. And I'm looking forward to talking about Mila. My name is Sid. I'm, I'm on FCB. Uh, I've been dancing in the circuit uh, since 2009. And I had the pleasure as well of judging Mela a few weekends ago. And let's get into it, man. Yeah. All right. So um, first thing I would really like to know about is just how was the rubric created? Because I know one thing that was kind of tossed around, because full disclosure, I danced on Fortile at the competition. One thing that definitely caused some confusion was the 15 points of traditionality at a competition that's generally not so traditional. And so I want to give you guys the opportunity to address that, talk about that. Yeah, so I can get into that. When we we received the rubric, and just a quick breakdown, I know we'll, uh, we'll post the rubric. Uh, we'll give it to Umar to put in the show notes. Just a quick rundown of what the mail, the mail rubric looks like. Set design was 45 points total. The first section is traditional elements out of 15. Creativity, originality out of 15. Difficulty out of 10. Mix out of five. The next section was execution out of 50 points. 
synchronization out of 20, energy and form, in, in, in parentheses, quality of dancing out of 20, formations out of 10, and the next section was overall effect, and it's basically the Mela XI factor, uh, you know, what was the overall impression, that was out of 5 points, um, and dedu deductions were 5 as well, so total 100. So when it came to the rubric, you know, we sat down and talked to the the directors and Sheena had a hand in also, Sheena Kotari had a hand in helping create the rubric this year. And they basically really wanted to bring out the best dancing team of the night. That was the idea behind the rubric. It wasn't necessarily to, you know, say who is the most folk at this competition. That wasn't the point of the traditional elements. And we did make that clear to the teams uh, in the meeting with the teams uh, prior to the show. But basically it was the, the whole idea behind this rubric was, you know, who was going to bring the best bhangra, right? Varun, if you want to expand upon that, go ahead. Yeah, like, so basically just kind of tagging along what he was saying. We talked to the committee members and we asked them a bunch of questions. So at the end of the day, it's their competition, it's their vision. We want to make sure, you know, the, whatever they want is their show and where they're here to implement their vision and judge off that. So when making the rubric, when we're discussing traditional elements, the 15 points you're asking about, we made it clear that it's not going to be like the team that comes in the most folk, for example. First of all, there's no such thing as folk to music, if you ask me personally. Like, but it's about like, do you bring the knowledge of Bhangra, right? Do you do these these steps, these transitions, these variables of movement, etc.? And we didn't judge it of how many. For example, if a team brought in, let's say, Fumania, Jumar, you know, the mod, whatever, you know, they brought in two Gatos, Avakatos, I mean, the Kunda segment, and Mirja compared to a team that did all that but didn't bring in Mirja, that team necessarily won't have more points. It's more about how did they bring those elements? Did they do them correctly in their way of dancing? We weren't too anal about it. It's basically what we're trying to say. We just wanted to see if that team brought some knowledge in. And the committee wanted that as well. It was mostly focused on how the team dances as a unit, how they execute together, and how they, you know, how they coincide with each other. That's the team that would do really strong in this competition and on this rubric. And, you know, so do you want to add on to anything with that? I guess I have a question then. So you basically, you were just looking, I mean, from what I'm hearing, you were just looking for the existence of all these different segments in like distinct manners. So like just making sure that like your middle, your middle sounds like a middle segment, your Fumania look like a Fumania, your Tamal look like a Tamal and like nothing like, you know what I mean? Yeah, basically, like, you know, you're coming to a Pangara competition, right? You want to make sure you actually do Pangara as well, right? So we don't want you to come in and like, starting backflips and not doing or like you know whatever like come in and start shooting each other with laser kunde or whatever like that right like Back it's still a dance competition kind of judge you off the dance so yeah. there should always be something about it but it wasn't scrutinized to a way like oh you didn't do this move particularly right because that's the way it's supposed to be done we it wasn't like anal like, okay like maybe like an mcbs you know mm -hmm. like where they showcase you know this is the focus competition you know but it wasn't not like brewing either where you can come in and start, you know, flying around in Superman capes or whatever. So, so then, but it sounds like the traditional elements just seems kind of redundant. Did you, did you guys want, like, I mean, I understand it's like the competition's vision, but I mean, I, f I feel that you all didn't really judge to what traditional means. Would you rather have wanted those points allocated in a different, in a different way? So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of a tough thing to go about here because, you know, that section particularly, we talked about it for a while, right? Just to make sure we were perfectly clear and what the vision was behind it. And again, the the Mela didn't want teams to not do certain things. 
like not be creative, right? Because creativity and originality is the next section down, right? And so it's it's the same weight, right? So I, I specifically ask, like, hey, if, if a team comes and puts airplanes on their gato sticks instead of squirrels, is that supposed to be a dock? Because that's really not a traditional thing to do. And they're like, no. Like, okay, well, what about a Hindi song? Like, no, we want, you know, if they want to do Hindi songs, let them do Hindi songs. So like the whole, the whole vision behind this traditional elements section from the committee was that we want the team that, uh, that, that showcases the best Bharata to win, right? So again, it wasn't about, you know, certain, certain creative elements that you try to do, unless those creative elements really pushed it too far in our opinions as judges, right? So it's like, again, it wasn't meant to, to hammer down as, as Varn was saying about, you know, maybe like what a Motor City might implement, but more so to just push teams towards do the best Bharata, so... I mean, so then I would, I mean, I'm just going to push back because like I, when I saw this, I was really confused. And when you explained it to me, I was still like confused. I mean, why not just like, it just seems like what you're talking about is execution and yeah, like, what you, what not, it seems like you're talking about like execution. Not necessarily. Uh, I'll just say my piece and let Varn go into it. <clears throat> As Varn was alluding to earlier, you know, let's just say, for example, as I've seen this before, it's like if a team brings a Fumnia and... You don't even knew you didn't even know they're doing Fumnia until like they're done, right? So it's like there's no there's no Dolby to it or even any giveaway that hey I'm doing Fumnia, right? Uh, you know that's that's something that I would say and you know I'll let again I'll let Varn jump into on some of these examples. That's not necessarily the best way to go about doing Bangra, right? Like if you don't if 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 a Bangra judge or Bangra lovers don't know <laughs> the step that you're doing, you know then it's like not you know. If you get where I'm going with this, right? I know Varn yeah, had some comments for some teams. Uh, and Varn went into it with some teams about some of the things that they did, which we we'll get into later. But Varn, go ahead if you want to add on to that. I mean, you kind of made it pretty clear. Do you? Does that make sense, Homer? Like what he was trying to say? No, yeah. I, just, I want to make sure that's clear to everybody else listening to the podcast. But yeah, like basically, I'll just add on to it a little bit. If there is anything to add on, this traditional segment, this 15 points, and at the end of the day, man, this is. It's a Pungra competition, right? We're not going to be in a week explaining to the teams as well in the meetings as far as like we're going to scrutinize you for like, you know, for example, having airplane heads on a kato. Like, you know, that is kind of whatever. People have opinions. But this, and for this competition, this committee, that does not matter. But we want to make sure you are bringing the dance that needs to be replicated on that stage, right? You have to show the knowledge of it. You have to tell us like you cannot place at a competition and not know what exactly you're doing, in my opinion. That's basically what is what this segment was so like if you're gonna do fulminia make sure you do fulminia the way it is you can obviously get creative with it but like i've seen teams where they're doing fulminia to the mall beats like at the mall toby that's like that stuff you will lose points on this and okay that, that, makes, that makes sense okay if, if you're gonna do mirja go ahead do it you're not gonna lose points but if you do mirja and you do a fulminia to a mirja beat like i mean i sorry at the mall to a mirja beat which i've seen before as well you're gonna lose points so you want to make sure you we're professionals there. You guys, or this is a dance competition. It's not a high school talent show, right? If you get accepted to a competition, you better know what you're doing and you better know that form and that dance and the art of it, in my opinion. So even though we weren't going to be so anal on this, mm -hmm. I 15 points, we're just going to judge you off of that. You're still in a fungal competition, man. Okay. You know, that makes sense. Makes total sense. All right. So next thing I would really like to discuss is just, I mean, let's get into the meat of it. Who went first? KPGD went first. KPGD, let's go with that. Let's start. So, how did how how did you um feel about KPGD? KPGD, they brought a set. Okay, so I talked to one of their uh, captains, I believe, Kuntal Shah. He reached out to me as well of why 
they got where they got at this competition. They didn't bring a bad side. They, my, the biggest issue for me, for them, it was a great set. I obviously see that they wanted to go more towards the folk side of things. Um, I don't want to give out their set. I don't know if the video has been released. So I don't want to give too much information. I know they have competitions coming forward. But their drops were very repetitive. You know, you can't keep doing the same drop every time and expect to, you know, get higher points for that. That was their biggest, my biggest critique for them. Every drop was a certain move. So basically, KBGD, like, every drop was a loopy drop, right? And I told the top like, if you're going to have every drop be the same, there's no variety. There's no variation in move. There's no, the pace is the same. Their pace was exactly the same. That's what literally cost them a placing. Their set was a necessary bet if they're just up and down. Then they would, you know, in their ending segments, it was when they're going fast, they will just have this random drop where they'll just stop for four counts and it's something very, very small and they'll pick it up. It's cool ideas, just not executed properly. And the dancers were holding back the whole performance. It seemed like they were just going half all out. So Yo, that's what okay. you want to give your your um, analogy about their day? Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to try not to repeat anything that Varn said. In terms of set creation, I think that they did a you know a pretty good job. Uh, left me wanting a little bit more, especially in terms of the flavors, you know, and less repetitiveness and stuff like that. Formations were nice. Jumer was really really good. I highly suggest folks if you want to learn learn you know how to create some Jumers, watch uh, watch that one. That was phenomenal phenomenal Jumer. <laughs> but yeah, as Varn alluded to, the biggest thing I had with KPGD was. They just didn't look like they were dancing full, all out. Like, this is a big thing for me in Barda is you're supposed to show that passion, that pride, the the wanting to be on stage, stuff like that. And that comes through your your passion, you know, for your set and, and what you guys are doing on stage. Like, what are we doing? We're dancing Barda. You're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to love it. You're supposed to be proud of what you're doing. And, you know, the critique that I gave them and, and looking back on it, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, we did the judges meeting in a, a hotel room and I was trying to trying to say this in a better way to them. And so that it makes sense. And I was looking to my right and the bathroom door was open and I saw the shower and I was like, it's like you guys were in that shower and trying to go all out. Like, what would that look like if you went if you tried to go all out in the shower, what would it look like? And you can't you can't fully extend. You can't go. You can't really go all out. You're going to dance soft. And that's what they did. You know, you, you, you know, it's like, I don't know. There's no better way for me to say it other like, you know, you're dancing inside a phone booth. I don't know. Just there. It was just so safe in terms of what these guys were putting out in terms of like one through 12, the way that they were dancing that I don't know. I don't know if it still makes sense. At least it makes sense to me. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense to me after you explain it like the third or fourth time, but like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like that was the biggest thing is yeah. energy yeah. that they wanted to be there just wasn't there. Anyways, okay, so next team, let's just talk about Fortile. So, Fortile, you know, uh, for all the comments I said about KPGD, they, you know, Fortile brought the heat, right? And they danced heavy, they danced strong. The biggest problem is that they got sloppy at times, and, and the biggest example I can give is, you know, the Pink Jordy, at some point they came to the front, and they were doing uh, chickens. And I want to say it was with Fussluff at work. And the two guys in the front were off in terms of their timing. You know, that's just sloppy. And, and, and that's just something that, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it, you, you can't, it just doesn't make sense to me about like, you know, that, that level of sloppiness is just absurd to me. Uh, someone's either going too ham, it's a lack of poise, or there's just a lack of practice. You know what I mean? Um, transitions were not very good, especially with their legs. Uh, not really good. And they gotta, they gotta say it like, you know, one of the dancers uh, in Frozy was just not getting to his spot in time, random mistakes. But I can't, I can't say much, you know, love the choreo, love the way they ended. Again, I don't want to give any 
this coming out after Motor City, you said? Well, their video is out anyway. I love the way they ended uh, and they went off in Jaw. Um, the choreo got killed. You know, like they the biggest thing, biggest positive is they killed their drops and they killed their choreo, right? But the but the biggest thing was that they they were very sloppy and then you know their back Jordies just weren't keeping up, which I know Varno get into as well. Yeah, their videos out, so you know I'll talk more about it. So he said a lot of things. Their biggest thing to me is man, is that classic case like whether to me personally is you know should we go sixteen or should we go twelve? I feel like going sixteen for them was not a good idea. They just had some dancers that they were not 14. Whatever, 14. So 12 over 14, whatever it was, right? I just feel like there were some dancers, basically, what my point is, that were just not ready to hit that stage. And, you know, as judges, we see everything. We see the back Jordies. We see the side Jordies. We know when you're trying to have. We all danced. And that's what really cost, you know, a couple of points. When every, when the scores were so close, you got those things come in into factor and deliberation. But other than that, man, the set was fire. You know they're going to bring the heat right when that Mila hit. Like, you know this was going to be a great set. Um, it was fast-paced. I love the pace of it. The ending was hot, like Sid was saying. Um, you know, sloppiness was obviously there. It was mostly just the dancers. There were some really strong dancers. And then there was just, the level of dancing just goes from, like, way up here to way down there. There was not really much of unity. That was my biggest thing with Pratile. So if, I feel like if you leveled out the dancers, like, it would have been a much, much better performance. It would have held twice as hard, for me at least. All right, cool, cool. <clears throat> Next team, uh, let's talk about DDR. DDR, man, they, I absolutely loved it. DDR was the most original team of the night, regardless of whatever anyone says or anything out there. This team, in my opinion, brought the most knowledge. And it's just kind of funny to me to say, because like, no one's they see on that team. No one's like Punjabi on that team or Indian or anything. And But they knew what they were doing. Their formations made sense to even like, like you know, some me up on you or sorry, if they were doing some me on, right? <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> so if they were doing some me they were doing that that formation that some you should be done in some cases, right? The boxes in and out. And they just brought a lot of knowledge and a lot of like original ideas that I've never seen personally. And that just took them over the top. Their dancers were phenomenal. They had the strongest set of dancers, in my opinion. Yes, they messed up a few times, um, but their mess ups were just like, you know, not big, big mess ups. And just taking everything else in consideration, man. They just ripped this. I absolutely was a fan of theirs. They're sad. Like, they came out hard. So, I do agree to a lot of what Varn said. I think that the mistakes were a big thing for them. Uh, they, you know, just just folks just making core mistakes and stuff like that. But again, as you said, originality. Like, that side Thari segment, phenomenal. Uh, doing things like the Juma with the, with the two guys... And one one thing that you know stuck out to me, you know, as Varn alluded to, like you know, great dancing, really proper knowledge of Barna, but also passion for being there. Is whenever I remember the they were splitting the stage during during Jummer and the green guy in the front, you know, they were doing this step where you're doing single Jummer and the and the the hand was going from low to high, and he just murdered it. The simplest of steps, he just destroyed it, and it was just you know like those kind of things, those little intangibles is just you know it's, it's something that. You know, he's not taking away from the team, but he's absolutely murdering the simplest of steps, right? And that's that that shows a lot. It's stuck out to me in, in a great way. But you know, formations, you know, great job. The the whole Mirja segment, the way they circled around, like again, like as he said, really, really original, cool ideas, and um, you know, really, really strong dancing top down. When you were both talking, what did you mean by knowledge of Bhangra? Like, could you go into that a little bit? Because I know some people will be confused about that. So to, for me personally, it's like, okay, so they took steps, 
and as kind of alluding this to us to this earlier, like like the Mirza, right? Did they do proper Mirza, you know, like perfectly, like in a circle, like lifestyle, like no. But they did a really, really great version of Mirza, right? The way that they, you know, it's not like they didn't do it to uh, to this rubric in terms of the traditional elements and the way they wanted us to look at this rubric, right? The way they did Fasla, right? The way, like, whenever they're doing Jumar, more the more day there, stuff like that, like, you know, it's, it's, go ahead, I'll, I'll let uh, Varn get, in, get into it as well. Yeah, so what I mean, like, they have proper knowledge is, you know, when you see them doing Fasalan, it's kind of like, I love saying this, it's simplicity at its finest. They're doing the dance the way it's supposed to be done. Like, they're not adding their crazy shit, and it looks so well because their dancers are so strong. Everyone's on the same level. They're executing these moves, and they know, like, for example, there's certain formations for certain steps. Like, obviously, a lot of people won't know this. I mean, I learned from coaches and astads that were from India, so I have a little bit of knowledge of this, and a lot of people have you know, certain levels, but as a judge and I had that knowledge and I saw that, it did elevate me, it did catch my attention. Now, did they win, like, because of that, just because of knowledge? No, they brought in, like, such original idea. They had the best formations of the night. I don't know, watch the video, man. These formations are some formations I haven't seen ever, right? But they also did formations, like, for when Sid was alluding to, when they're bringing single jumra, just the simplest move, just doing it probably having proper form, nakra, morde halon de sayana, like, having that grace, the like, kind of like that swag attitude to it, it just looks perfect. They brought that, that no other team brought that night. And that night, that team was the most, like top to bottom, best dancers, probably the most knowledge as far as like at that night in that competition is what I'm trying to say. Like they knew what they were doing and their formations were just, um, how am I supposed to say this? Like kind of like the formation just made sense with the moves you're trying to bring out, right? So a lot of teams nowadays will just add formations just to, formations to keep moving around it makes no sense where these moves like if you bring out like Samia for example they made sense that move like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for it like a uh, complements the formation they had a lot of that in their set does that kind of right. make sense totally um, all right let's go on to the next team uh, let's talk about UNC so UNC uh, did also a really good job the biggest thing for them was that their dancer strength was super well. Uh, that's just the biggest thing that I had, you know, they were super clean. You know, they were really in sync, they had high energy. The, the dancers, even though, again, they weren't as strong, they looked like they wanted to be there and they were having fun and they had the passion, right? Their set was a little over the top when it came to mechanisms and, and multiple things going on at the same time. That, you know, a similar critique that we gave KPGD of, you know, you're doing the same thing over and over again, it's the same thing here. You know, give me something where everybody's just in place and killing choreo for once. <laughs> you know, like it was like it was a lot of cool stuff, and you know something that was really difficult to achieve for sure. But the mix of the dancer strength and just you know at the end of it, you're just feeling a little overwhelmed by the same thing, especially because it's a you know mechanisms and the way they did them was just a, like you know I don't know just a little overwhelming if that makes sense. So those those are the two biggest critiques you know that I had for them. Yeah, man. No, UNC brought. A great set. They were one of the most clean teams of the night. You know, no to minimal mistakes. They executed perfectly. They did their style perfectly, whatever their style is. Um, I mean, I haven't much to say. I mean, just kind of going off of what Sid said. There, there is, a, there's tons where there's too much going on, and I think that was the case for them. There's, there, ha there was not one segment where they literally just did Pangra for just chilling there and just ripping it. Like, let's kill this move, right? It was moving around a lot of mechanisms and 
even though it looks cool, sometimes these messages see, you know, the strength of the dancer, the strength of the dance itself. Sure. I mean, their biggest, my biggest thing for them is, you know, how I was saying DDR had knowledge of what this dance is. UNC is the complete fucking opposite or complete opposite. <laughs> Let's see. <that. laughs> OK, hold on. <laughs> Let's say that again. Oh, shit. Cut that out. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. But anyway, so no, UNC, man. So my biggest critique for them was when DDR, when I was saying, had the most knowledge. Like, you knew these people did their research or they had a, a good understanding of what this notch is, right? Where UNC is just not to that level yet or they didn't portray it in their set that day. I don't know them personally or anything like that. I don't know any of the teams actually personally. So no bias for years. But at that night... Yes, they're doing Pangra, you're, they're doing it, but there's just missing elements like the way they hold Kunde, the way they're doing some moves, the way like they're Chumar, like they brought out a Pamibai Chumar, I think it was, um, I think it was Ala Jane. it was one of those really, really dope songs. And like they were just doing some crazy like made up moves I've never seen before, just to be creative. And that might be their identity, but in this rubric, rubric it took out, where they gained a lot of points in execution energy and stamina which was 50 points the other 45 points they lost a lot of points bringing them you know to a third place now if they elevate that a little bit they could have placed higher in my opinion you know so that was my biggest critique for them all right cool um next team let's talk about uh rvd rvd yeah man so great great set uh my opinion as far as the overall set like ddr had the most original set rvd had a I think the most complete set when it comes to drops and just the choreo itself, just hard, like in your face type of choreo. I loved it, right? Every step away. But man, what is fun? It's a, it's a dance of unity match. One, two dancers can't win it for you, right? It's the dance of how a team does. That's what caused them there. They just did not execute as a team. How are you, like, that was my biggest critique. Their formations were very repetitive, where the choreo was so yeah, freaking that. awesome. Like, fucking dope right. their formations were just repetitive man like they just keep doing the same thing in and out and you have to put the same amount of effort in your formation especially in a music set to your choreo to complement it so that was my biggest critique for them your formations you didn't execute the choreo as well but wow great great performance i really enjoyed their performance other than that yeah man agree uh i, was, you know, I had a nice conversation with uh, the captains after after the show or I should really say after the, whole, after the whole weekend. But everything hit for them. You know, their drops just punched. The hardest Dude, I, just, I remember sitting in that audience. The crowd was... Going nuts. Crazy. And Absolutely. believe it. And, and believe it when I tell you, like, we were going nuts, too. You know? Like, I'm a very reactionary judge. Like, if you if you make me react, I, I, I say it out loud and, you know... Don't shut up on the judges. <laughs> so, again, everything hit for them. The set was dope. But the in-between the drops is what really killed it for them. Uh, a lot of mistakes, formation errors. The other thing is, certain certain things catch your eyes, right? So another thing to to note is, you know, one of the red Jordy guys, he, you know, his his energy was low the whole time, and you can, and you could keep seeing other guys dying at random points, and towards the end it got you know very apparent, you know, formation errors and stuff like that. And as Varn said, you know, the same formational concept over and over and over again, you know, that's just it's it's tough whenever you know it's it's one of the hardest things for me personally as a judge is like. You're seeing a team go and, and, and again, as, as we all know, they, everything was hitting. It was punching and crowd was reacting. Everything's going for them. But, the, you know, buttoning it up, crossing your T's, dotting your I's, and the formational planning just wasn't there. I would say, you know how UNC was the most cleanest team, but they lost points as far as the set design. 
this team was the complete opposite. They had, they scored very high for me on the set design, but just the, the cleanliness of execution piece is where they lacked. And you know, it as much as it killed me, like you, it, the other teams brought it harder as a more overall complete performance than RBD, at least at this competition. Cool. Let's talk about we got the old teams bunch. So you know, Bunge was super clean, super crisp, right? Like when it comes to team preparation and being ready for a comp, you know, this team looked it. You know, they a, a big wow factor for me was how clean they were. And the biggest thing is just it was a vanilla routine. It didn't wow me. Um, uh, there's there's really nothing nothing left for me to say. It's that's literally all I have to say is in terms of creativity. Again, going back to this rubric, where did they lose points? Creativity and difficulty. That's it. You know, the pace was kind of slower. Um, you know, again, levels of creativity weren't weren't there. And, and I told them, I was like, hey, like it's not like you guys are incapable of being creative. You know, they did they did do some creative elements that did make me react. And it's just, I don't know. It's it's so tough to see. Like you know, I I know that they could take a, a much more creative set to this competition and win because those girls are damn good at dancing. Super clean. They know what they're doing. They look like a unit. But it's just hard whenever you know there's sections for creativity and originality and difficulty. That's 25 points on this rubric. So. All right, cool. And last team is CMU. All right. So the, the biggest thing for CMU, I mean, there, I mean honestly, honestly, there are a couple of things. They, they, the dancing strength is definitely lower. Uh, and that's something that, you know, you gotta, you gotta spend time on your dancers. The other thing is that they did do creative things, but the biggest thing about their creativity was that it just doesn't seem like it was well, thought out in terms of how it was going to be viewed, right? So if you can you can come up with a bunch of creative things that are quote unquote different, right? And when looked at in you know its own compartment could be creative, right? But in the grand scheme of the set, the way the formations are, um, you know, it wasn't really coming out as much, if that makes sense. That was the biggest thing for CMU is the dancer strength was definitely lower and the creativity just needs to be presented a whole lot better. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. My other thing I remember from this team is like one big positive. This team, man, like when you want to talk about passion and like enjoying being on that stage, this team definitely brought that. They had fun being on that stage. Um, probably the most fun I've seen maybe after DDR would be them. I'm, do you remember, like remember say we were all talking about like, damn, that team like had fun. Exactly. Exactly. Like, awesome, man. A lot of teams I wish can just kind of take that a lot of teams like they have good sets and everything but they just like they're so they look like they're forced being there but this team definitely they wanted to be there but other than that you know just in this competition's rubric it was the best dancing team would win and just you know that's where they kind of lacked so the meat of the conversation why did y'all place the teams you placed i mean i know um uh when it, when it came down to it and like just polling the audience and, sh- and like just polling people who were watching it seemed like it, it seemed like DDR was pretty clearly first, or at least like DDR and Fort Dele were like definitely like neck and neck, but it seemed like DDR was pulled a favorite. Then like the rest of them were, it's like from an audience perspective, it seemed pretty close for a lot of the teams, but it seemed like the common thread was uh, something between like UNC, RVD, and um, Fort Dele were like, like those like three or four, the third and fourth places. And it was just really like who got what and what the judges liked. So have at it. Why did I give why did I give DDR first over Fertile? Is that your first question? Okay, so basically, and at the end of the day, you have to look at this rubric. This rubric was heavily, heavily focused on overall dancing, right? It's the best dancing team of the night. DDR had the better dancers than Fertile. I remember I was saying it was a that classic case. 
should we go 14? Should we go 12 or 16? 12 or 16, 12 or 14? I really feel like those two extra dancers brought that set down tremendously down because their dancing was, you can spot them a mile away. I'm not gonna call it, I'm not gonna point them out or anything, but like anyone that's watching the video, I can spot them out. And you know, it's different when you watch things live or video, but even in video, you'll see them. That's one reason. Other reason is like should both teams have mistakes. Now, why? so we can't really penalize one team for just having three more mistakes, I mean, sorry, a couple more mistakes on just choreo, right? One team had superior, I mean, way more inferior, like what's it called, um, formations than the other. DDR brought something original out, and they just played this, their routine just played well to this rubric. A lot of people got to know that, like, it's not a fucking personal thing. It's about, like, how, as judges, we go off the rubric, and this rubric catered to that set over Fertilis. It was very close, but even for me, I mean, Reda and Sid were kind of on the fences between Fertili and DDR. For me, it was DDR hands down. They brought the best Pungra of the night. They had the best formations of the night. They had the best dancers of the night. Yeah, they had maybe one or two more mistakes, but those three things outpowered Fertile's overall choreo as, as far as hard-hitting choreo and maybe a little bit of entertainment factors. I still think DDR was more entertaining than Fertile because it's just the new ideas. And Milo was hot. Their ending Milo was hot. Their ideas on that Tumur was hot. I really, really love their Ludi Saitali segment. Like these are things that catch my attention and that caught the attention of this rubric. So hands down for me, it was clearly DDR. I fought for them the whole time. How about you, Sid? What did you, um, why did you place first and second? And what are some like thoughts are going through your head during it? So the biggest thing for me was a lot. I, I kept going back to what the committee wanted because Warren's correct. And where I can point out Fertile's sloppiness, I can point out DDR's mistakes and stuff like that. You know, going strictly off of, you know, my personal points, right? You know, I, I, I hammered DDR for synchronization, right? They, they got the, the, the least amount of sync points from me, right? But that still wasn't enough for them to be, you know, you know in third, fourth place. So that, that speaks to what Varn was talking about in terms of their overall set playing to the rubric. Their dancers were very, very strong, uh, you know. And so, again, to playing to the rubric, even though they, you know, for me personally, they got hammered in synchronization, it wasn't enough, you know, to put them completely out of the running. And so it was really a matter of which which one fit the bill better in terms of, you know, for Thiele or DDR, which was the better Barnard team that night? And yeah. that's what it came down to well, for right me. Huh? She's on her way. Okay. Okay. All right, then what about second? So, I mean, I know there was, like, some disagreements between, like, second and third and all that stuff. So what, what happened? I gotta, you danced with Fertile. Do you agree with that? Honestly, I mean, like, I watched DDR. I was blown away. I didn't. I didn't watch. Our, I didn't watch. Our, I didn't watch ourselves. I don't know what we looked like, but I just remember watching DDR and I was like, "Shit!" Like I was. I was. I was blown away, and I thought I. I, w- I wasn't surprised when they got first. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me in terms of the placings, the two, the top two teams for Thiele and DDR were first, second, without a doubt. I think knowing before, even before the numbers are coming out, you know, when the when the committee was punching them all in. That was really the conversation that we were all having. We weren't even talking about third yet. It was really coming down to who was gonna who was gonna win and who was gonna get second, and then it was gonna see we were gonna see what the numbers look like to see you know who we were gonna be talking about for third, and so ultimately, man, like you know, to answer your question about second, like it wasn't really a matter of who was gonna get like it wasn't really a debate on who was gonna get second. 
right? It, it was really the debate was of how we were going to place first and second, and then it was going to become a debate about third, if that makes sense. Makes total sense. All right. So, so in that case, I know I know BTF and like a lot of people were shocked that RVD didn't get third, and rather and saw that UNC got third. And so I mean, if you all, I mean, like I also was like, I mean, like, I was seeing looking at looking at the video, I can see why, but I, because I was looking at it from like the balcony, right? And so I didn't see a lot of the formational mistakes. But um, I know a lot of people were like felt some kind of way about RVD not placing or not just like straight up winning it all. And so I mean, if you all want to talk about that. I think a big thing for this competition is that, and, and I think Varn will also say this as well, is especially when it came to the, came to the third place teams, they left us wanting a lot, if that makes sense. Uh, no team came in and truly blew us all out of the water. There was, again, even with DDR, again, I'm, I hammered them as, in a certain section. It's like, you know, there was something plenty to be left there. Same thing with Fertile. So ultimately, like, I, I'm just going to go completely based off of my numbers, my own personal numbers, right? Bunge and RVD are tied. And with my numbers, right? Obviously, RVD better in set creation, Bunge better in execution. And it's not close in either of those, right? In, in terms of set design versus execution. And then you have UNC that's a couple points ahead of them. And the biggest thing I can say about UNC is they did wherever, you know, even though they didn't beat RVD in set creation, they didn't beat Bunge in execution, but overall they were better than them. Oh, you know, if that makes sense. And so, where would where, where where what do you where if they didn't beat them where would you say that they overall were better? Okay, so UNC was significantly better than RVD in execution, and significantly better than Bunge in set design, right? So like, again, we're we're, we're talking. It's not it's not like is this does that, does that not make sense? No, no, no. That makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. For sure. Just want to make 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 sure that was clarified. Yeah. So that's where like UNC didn't necessarily win out in in, in certain things because, um, you know, again, RBD for me personally got second in set design to DDR. But then you have UNC right below them, right? UNC didn't get first in in execution. They got uh, Bunge got my Bunge got the most points for me, and then uh, you know UNC's close I, I, they didn't they didn't really lay it out for me but rvd is rvd is near the bottom in terms of you know execution points so is that, is that making sense or like where unc kind of got like third place third place and then bungie got first and last and rvd got you know second and last like okay does that, okay, like, that, that kind of makes sense yeah. in terms of the way the points played out right so by all means bungie and rvd were in the discussion for me but i think when there's so much to be left in terms of you know with bungie there's so much to be left with set design and with RVD, there's so much to be left with execution. You know, my push was UNC because they beat them in points. And, you know, if there's the margins in terms of like what was left in both of those sections was nowhere near as much as what, uh, you know, was going on with Bunge and RVD. So. All right, yeah. What are you voting? Yeah, man, he, yeah, homeboy went to, into it. But I was actually looking at the numbers as well. And my scores are, it's kind of funny that we actually have very similar scores. I have Bunge and RVD overall tied as well. And UNC got third, but my biggest thing, you know, especially like I don't really go on BTF or anything much, but like all these cats are like just saying, oh, you know, this team should have won, this and that, right? Like, who's this other judge, wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> you gotta like understand, it's not a personal preference, you know. This is off the rubric, and a lot of these people don't understand. Like, there's if the rubric's in front of you, read it, understand it, and then you can go from there. And see why certain teams placed why it didn't. So, like Sid was saying, RVD, killer set design. They got second overall for me too after DDR and set design, but they got literally they got last place in execution. 
So the balance wasn't there. They got out of the running. Now, whereas Bunch was also for the running for me for third, they got great, great for execution. They actually got second to me in execution through UNC because I gave UNC more points in execution because they brought a harder set. So if you're going to execute a harder set and the cleanliness is about the same, they took one more point for me on there. So that's where Bunch got, got beat there and then Bunch obviously got beat in set design. It was a very plain set. UNC had the most balanced, I would say, like, um, what's it called? Um, balanced performance, better than a balanced set of the night, meaning they did both things pretty well. Like, they got high in execution and they got, like, top three, top four in set design. So the balance there got them to third, hands down. It wasn't even a discussion, honestly. He said, if you remember, of who should have got third, we looked at the scores, we all agreed that, like, yeah, UNC definitely had the better overall set to this rubric. They catered their set to this rubric, so they got third. Simple as that. If now RVD came in and they executed, shit, we might be talking about a different placing overall. RVD had the chance of getting second or first in this competition if they executed well with the formations there, right? It's not just one thing. Just because you see teams like bring hardcore or some cool shit or like awful because you got whatever, right? It doesn't tell you the whole story. You have to be there. You have to look at the rule break. We can't be biased off of just what we like to see or what we want to see. Is my thing. The other thing that I'll throw in there is, you know, me personally, when I was a younger dancer, I would definitely be confused by placing sometimes. And the reality is, it's not just being being there live because being there live is completely different than watching it on video. The way you see things is different. Like there's so many, you, you see so many things differently live than in, than on video. That's number one. Number two, as he said, there's a there's a rubric in front of you. But the biggest thing about that rubric, and and I think it's a very good thing and something to understand is that there's also a frame of mind. Right. So like it's not just, oh, we got the rubric that day and we're just asked to you know, score teams to it. We talked about it. We understood the vision for what, they, what the committee wanted. Right. We talked about it not only with the committee, you know, for an hour, hour and a half. Then we also discussed it with the teams for an hour, hour and a half. So it's like there's a lot of time put into not, you know, everybody being on the same page for how the rubric was supposed to be interpreted. So it's like, a, again, a frame of mind that you take going in as a judge. So if you it, it's even even now after having judged a few times. When I'm not judging, it's still difficult for me to, without that frame of mind, without that preparation, to see the exact same things that every other judge sees. Because, you know, in a judge's seat, yeah, when, you're, when I'm talking to Varn and Ridda in the, in the room after the show, I definitely understand every single thing that they are saying because I saw exactly what they saw in the same frame of mind with the same rubric in front of me, if that makes sense. But when you're not, when you, when you're not in that room and you're not with that frame of mind, you don't have the rubric in front of you. You know, it's hard to see the things the exact same way the judges do. So it's just a reality of what it is, you know, and it's, there's nothing we can do about it. It's just, again, the reality. Yeah, one thing I would really love for, like, various different team um, competitions, like, I mean, a lot of people post a lot, like, we'll have a link to the live stream, post a link to the rubric as well. Let the, let the audience kind of, like, put themselves in that position where they can feel like they can get a good idea where they put first, second, third. Because I think a lot, a lot of this de- debate really just stems to, like, I don't know what the rubric says. So, like, obviously you don't know. And I think it really would help, like, BTF, Facebook, I don't know, wherever the hell you're watching this thing. Like, it would really help just put everybody in fair amount. Okay, so, like, I can see why the judges place first, second, third, because, like, I mean, yeah. And you, you would, if you watch the videos for your RVD, you'll see, you'll see the mistakes. If you watch UNC, you'll see the lack of mistakes, but you'll see, like, the mechanisms, all that stuff. And I think that's something that maybe some other comps should do. Seems like that's all y'all want to say. Is there anything else you want to say um, about this topic before we sign off? I want to give a shout out to Mela, the committee, the liaisons. They did a phenomenal job hosting us. Uh, for those that have never been to Mela, if you have the chance to come to Mela 
in my opinion, it's one of the greatest shows that we have in North America, partly because it is a half and half, uh, half fusion. And the fusion side of things, it is actually it is a uh, Legends bid competition, or was this year, and that just means that there's a lot of really good fusion teams coming too. So from that perspective, you know, they do a, they ended the show early. You know, they have 16 teams going. It was crazy. You know, <laughs> that was absolutely like. Well, we got on at like nine p. Like yeah. what? Nine p.m. Nine. T- like, I was, I was, I was shocked that they were ahead of schedule, and they run. Like, I was in the green room, like, um, before the call up. They had this, like, it was like a fucking like battle Damn. stations. Every, like, it was crazy. Like, they they have everything like scheduled down to a T, and like that. Sh- like, Mail is run like a well oiled machine. Yeah, no, Mila was absolutely phenomenal. Like, it was probably one of the best comps I've been to. That committee, hands down, is the best committee I've ever seen. There was actually, I don't even know if you guys know this, There, before getting there, there was this huge, like, shooting or hostage situation where roads were blocked, and we still got there on time. Some of them managed, and the show still ran smoothly. Everything was, like, perfect after party. Every, I really highly recommend applying, and thank you for having us judges, and thank you guys for having me on this podcast. It was a pleasure, man. Of course. All right. Um, if that's everything. All right. So another episode of the Bunger Podcast in the books. All right. See y'all later.